Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, joined today by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman. We're both here to bring you NWSL analysis, critiques. This is going to be a news and notes episode. We've got some things to get into on the NWSL side of things. And we want to take a look at some Olympic things on the horizon, ready to get into all this. Lisa, how are you doing today? I am good. This is our second episode, second episode of the week. Um, as a reminder, Attacking Third is coming to your airwaves three times a week, at least three times a week. Um, and we're here to do this one, bring you all the updates that are happening. And Sandra, I'm good. I'm, I'm ready for this. Love talking about soccer, and I'm so excited to do it with you. I can't believe that we've got one whole episode under our belts already. And here we are getting ready to jump into this second one. Uh, and this is kind of going to be like a nice one. I think, you know, we had a sort of a rec uh, recap style for our listeners in that first episode. Now we've got this one here in the middle, and then we'll obviously have some previewing going on for everyone um, for this weekend's NWSL games, as well as the upcoming Olympics. Uh, but for now, there was a, a little bit of news uh, for NWSL, uh, San Diego NWSL the newest team that is going to be arriving in 2022 uh, for the league, rounding out things to uh, 12 clubs for the league. A uh, lot of news for, for 2022 already. You know, we had the announcement of Angel City FC. Uh, Los Angeles is getting a club. And then California said, hold on a second. We need more. And San Diego made their arrival. And uh, both of these clubs have been really making some some headlines uh, recently. And uh, on San Diego, when they made their official announcement, their official introduction to say, hey, we are going to be the next expansion franchise, they did so with a little bit of a splash in, in announcing Jill Ellis, the former United States Women's National Team head coach, as, as president uh, for, for this soon-to-be-named club. For now, they're NWSL San Diego. Uh, but Jill Ellis already making moves for San Diego, uh, hiring Molly Downton as the general manager to sort of oversee things uh, for NWSL San Diego. What do you think of this hire, Lisa? I mean, it's exciting to have San Diego NWSL being announced um, and, and having another club join the league to see the league growing and expanding is constantly exciting. Um, and I'm, I, I love this. And this is an interesting hire. I mean, I, I think it's a good hire for sure. As the GM of San Diego, um, Molly was with the U.S. Women's National Team before alongside Jill Ellis. So she's been in that coaching tree for a while. She has experience. She understands both sides of the game in that sense. Um, back when she was with the U.S. Women's National Team and, and in that sense of it, she was officially the team administrator. Um, so she handled a lot of the off the field issues that happened and problems that arose um, and really squashed those as best as she could. And now that she's stepping into this GM role, she's going to have more of a hands-on approach to what happens on the field, which will be a different look for her. I think she's up to the task though. It's it's a tall task for sure, but I think if you have Jill Ellis um, and and hang, you can hang your hat on that, if she's throwing your name into the ring, it's a very credible source to have um, a reference like Jill Ellis saying that you can do this job and, and she will stand up to the task. Um, I think it's a good hire. I'm 
a little curious to see how things will iron out over the next uh, weeks and months um, to see what she does in her role as GM. Um, Sandra, do you think that this is a good fit for her? I think maybe looking at her background, this is, you know, possibly a next logical step, uh, sort of going with what she was doing as a team admin with the U.S. Women's uh, National Soccer Team. But even prior to her time there being um, out in University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign as a, as a director of uh, soccer operations. So there's just all these things where you're like, what's my next logical step? But I'm just wondering with the title of, of GM, like what uh, what. NWL San Diego is going to be looking for from their GM because when I when Sandra thinks of a general manager, for me I'm thinking a general manager is going to be tasked with you know assembling a team, putting together a team, um, essentially doing the work to you know sort of scout players and and figure out how and what your team is going to look like uh, moving forward. So they've got some time because 2022 is on, on the horizon, although not too far away because we're flying through this year. Um, but I'm excited to see, uh, you know, what, what both of these women could sort of bring to, to NWSL San Diego. And I think a huge part of that is going to be, you know, the fact that they have those connections, quite frankly, you know, you're talking mm-hmm. about, two women who have, you know, been around some of the biggest names in women's soccer. And that's probably going to be a big, big, do them a big, big service when they're trying to, you know, potentially recruit or scout or take a look at the landscape of players that they might want to bring on to build their team around. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's always, it's always exciting to see. It's always going to be exciting to see women named in these roles and named in these positions. So I'm always going to be eager uh, and supportive and excited to see uh, what they can do uh, behind these titles, you know, these titles of president or these titles of general manager. So, so I'm excited for it. Uh, I think we won't be able to pass any judgment in terms of how everything really truly plays out until we finally see that team and how they start putting together performances and, and wins. Um, but for now, I'm excited. And for someone like Molly, she was involved before uh, 2019 World Cup. So she knows the players, maybe not necessarily in a coaching perspective or a GM perspective, but she knows them. She worked with them off the field a lot to kind of put out those little fires that popped up everywhere. Um, So she knows the players that she's dealing with. And now it's just trying to see them through a different lens to assemble the best team in San Diego that she can, because like you said, that's that's her role now as GM to kind of gather the players in, establish a roster and what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, no, no passing judgment until she actually takes some first steps and does her first couple of things. But the women being hired in these roles is is really good. These are good steps we're taking in this women's soccer world. Absolutely. And it's always exciting to to take a look at what the expansion teams are going to be potentially bringing to the league. I know there was a lot of excitement for, for racing Louisville FC, um, all of the things that they were building up to, whether it was just things like, you know, unveiling their crest or their colors, the, the official name of the club. And uh, you know, we saw that with angel city officially, you know, christening themselves as angel city FC coming out with their branding, their colors, their crest, a really positive response from that. So we still are going to have to await that kind of stuff from San Diego as well. So two teams come in in 2022, once uh, really once this NWSL season ends, um, 
into October and then November with the playoffs, there's probably going to be a real quick turnaround, maybe the expansion draft on the horizon. So this is not going to be uh, the first or last time that we're probably chatting about uh, this team or, or the West Coast teams in particular ahead of 2022. So uh, congrats to, to Molly Downton and uh, we'll probably be revisiting some things here for sure. Uh, but looking ahead a little bit, because this is episode two of a multi-week episode, we've got some Olympics on the horizon and we've got uh, a lot of great content coming up. Uh, and we've actually got a lot of great content right now. If I will shamelessly plug my work, uh, if you head over to CBS, Sandra, we are here for the plugs. I'm here for all it. the plugs. I am. I'm, I'm going to be plugging it right now. Here's your plug over on CBSSports.com right now. You can hit up our NWSL uh, star power index and the star, the star power index is a lot of fun for me because I get to take a look at, uh, players throughout the league, performances that they're putting in, players that I think are really generating a lot of buzz, uh, quite frankly, for the league uh, who are standing out over, you know, week-to-week performances and stuff like that. But we're entering a really, really interesting stretch of the season. It's the summer portion of the schedule. So the Olympics are on the horizon. They're going to be kicking off very soon. But a lot of these clubs have already been without key and significant players on their teams. So there's no break in this NWSL schedule. They are going to be playing through these Olympic games. So we're going to be taking a look at some players, probably getting some significant minutes, probably putting together some, some really big performances for their team down this summer stretch to pick up some points on the table. And I just had, I just sort of selected four for now, because the truth is Lisa is that we can probably keep our eye on every single player that's going to be playing in all of these games during, during this July and and early August portion of the schedule. But for me, I rolled with four players for now. I tried to, to spread things out, show love to like a forward, a defender, a a goalkeeper, a midfielder, keep, keep things even, and maybe take a look at teams who um, were missing some, some key players uh, um, on their club. So for me, I, I, I'm keeping an eye on Andy Sullivan, uh, DD Heritage, uh, Kayla Sharples and Morgan Weaver. And, um, you know, do you, do you agree, disagree? Are you watching anyone else in particular, uh, coming up during this stretch of games? I agree with who you've called out. Um, I think Andy Sullivan proved last week in the Washington spirit game that she is a force. She's a force to be reckoned with a quiet leader, but she is someone that will make waves. And now that she can slide into that Washington spirit midfield and, be the best player on the team, I think it'll help her grow, take on those leadership roles and and take a lot of steps forward um, for her. Definitely keep an eye on her. Um, Didi Heritage, we've been watching her all year, even throughout the Challenge Cup. She's been a player that has raised the bar for herself and for Gotham overall as, as a goalkeeper standard in this league. Every time she steps into goal, there's no drop off of, of skill or play or intensity by any means. Um, Morgan Weaver, I agree for Portland. And you also mentioned Kayla Sharples defense for Chicago. I agree with all of yours. Um, uh, You you touched on this. There's always players that you can be watching in this league, especially with those national team players gone for the Olympics. There's spaces opening up and it's not just starting spaces, but also players that now have the opportunity to be on the bench that weren't named. So those national team replacement players that have signed contracts, they're looking to get minutes, um, probably not starting minutes, but they're going to get minutes and time on the field, which they haven't seen before. 
So all of these teams have people you can really look out for. Um, I am looking at some other teams as well. Houston. Houston has a lot of players missing. You didn't mention them in your four, but I understand lots of teams. You can't cover them all. Um, Katie Naughton, center back for Houston. She didn't have the best weekend last weekend. She did score that own goal, but Besides that, she has two header goals on the season. She plays that center back position. And every time Houston has a set piece in and around the 18, she's up there and she's scoring goals. She, I foresee her getting a few more over these next couple of weeks. And it's not going to be um, worldy shots from the top of the 18. It'll be set piece goals that we see from Katie Naughton. And defensively, she will continue to be the leader in the back line for the dash. I think she's definitely a player to look at. And if we're sticking with Houston, Jasmine Spencer, um, she's making her mark on this Houston Dash team. She scored an incredible goal last weekend. And I think there's more to come for her. Um, She's definitely fired up now with this Houston Dash team. She came over in May from OL Reign. So there's a bit of an adjustment that'll happen, but she'll get more time and starting minutes with the Dash over these next couple of weeks. And those players for Houston I'm definitely, definitely looking at, but the, the league overall, there's so many players that are going to be popping up. Um, I might have different ones for you next week based on what happens this weekend. And, and now that every player is gone for the Olympics, there's no other teams or countries hanging around starting this weekend. Yeah. It's so, it's, it's so tough putting these things together because it's like, it's like so many players are putting in so many good, strong individual performances, uh, for their clubs. And, and honestly, like a lot of these players have, have been doing it already for, for a couple of weeks because certain, certain teams have been without certain key players to the Olympics for a little while now. Like this isn't just the first weekend uh, of games that we, uh, took a look at and recapped where players were missing for the Olympics. I mean, you know, the Canadian international players have, have been gone for, for quite some times and their alternates ended up staying, I think an extra week, but ended up, you know, dipping out themselves. And yeah, I think when you're bringing in a team into, to highlight like, like Canada, you're absolutely got to look at a team like Houston because they have so many great Canadian internationals. And it makes total sense to, to take a look at a defensive player on that back line, considering they, they lost an outside back in, in and Alyssa Chapman for, for Canada and then in that four top line in Jasmine Spencer, you know, considering they lost, uh, you know, a winger in, in Michelle Prince. So there's a, there's a ton. I, I'm so excited. I'm really so excited for the league during this particular stretch of games because you really get to see some of that depth uh, for all of these rosters, which re- quite frankly, so many of these teams brag about like they get real braggadocious about the depth of their (laughs) rosters and I it's like this is the time this is the time to see it and um we started to see like some real real threads of that over this last (laughs) week or so even if it was something like an like an own goal from 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 Katie Naughton like you you still look at that player and you're like she's she's gonna have a big impact for this team defensively moving forward but then even on the other side of that particular game looking at somebody like Kayla Sharples who's similar profile like these are both two players Chicagoland area kids both playing center back positions for two different teams in the league and are probably going to be really relied upon I mean Chicago is missing 
multiple pieces on their back line and, and Casey Kruger and, and Turner Davidson. And Kayla Sharp has been part of manifesting not one, but the two own goals <laughs> already, uh, you know, for, for the Chicago Red Stars. So uh, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of soccer uh, for women's soccer fans to, to take a look at this summer. Um, that obviously of course includes the Olympics, uh, but that's also going to include NWSL because no breaks soccer and never sleeps. Uh, but yeah, take a look at that. Um, We've got those. We've, we've got that up on CBSports.com for you. Let us know if, who else you're going to be keeping an eye on uh, during this Olympic stretch uh, in the NWSL. But um, yeah, with the Olympics on the horizon, I'm so excited um, to look ahead a little bit to our, our next episode because we're plugging the work. We're doing the plugs. This is the plug episode. Uh, we are going to be joined by a special guest and uh, we're excited to preview all things Olympics uh, with Lori Lindsay. So shout out to her. Everybody get ready for that. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button and you will get that automatically uh, in your downloads. Uh, but uh, 12 teams, it's, it's, it's exciting. And uh, there's a, a course uh, tying this in a little bit to NWSL. There's uh, always you know, with Olympics, sometimes there you, there's a little bit of drama when you get to the international level sometimes. And, and ahead of these matches, Lisa, that took place over the last weekend, uh, we we saw some some interesting reporting coming out from, from ESPN. There were some, uh, we'll just say some uh, interesting comments from uh, former uh, U.S. Women's National Team head coach and, and former Orlando Pride coach, uh, Tom Sermani who is now the head coach of uh, New Zealand. And uh, he just expressed in this uh, ESPN uh, news, uh, just some real disappointment uh, in not being able to have two particular players uh, re- released uh, to, to the national team for the Olympics, while uh, so many other players uh, have departed uh, for for the Olympics. So uh, it just sort of feels like there's some missing pieces uh, from from some of this. Well, what were some of your impressions from from his comments in this article, Lisa? As a, a commentator in the NWSL, seeing that the New Zealand players were still around for last weekend's matches, I was excited as a fan to say, "Hey, we get this high caliber play before they head off." to the Olympics. Um, it was good to see those players still on the roster. It was surprising. I would say it was surprising. And then after the comments came that, um, head coach of New Zealand was not too happy that his players were still competing in the NWSL. Um, my initial reaction after I read the article was, I think we're missing part of the story. Why were all these other teams allowed and released from their NWSL teams? All these other nations allowed their players to come and New Zealand couldn't. Um, Was it perhaps a player's decision to get another game under their belt if New Zealand wasn't going to have a competitive scrimmage before the start of the Olympics, if it would just be team training? Um, There's, I think there's missing pieces here and we don't have the full story because as a coach, if I was the head coach of New Zealand, I would be upset as well. Why aren't my players here? Why aren't they coming? Um, and for teams that Orlando Pride, North Carolina Courage, that had those players, it's great to have them for one more weekend, um, get those three points, try to stick in the NWSL and in the standings before you send them off. Um, so I think we're missing part of the story here, but they're gone now. 
Those yeah. New Zealand players are headed to Tokyo. They're in Tokyo already scrimmaging, training with their teams. And now the focus for them just has to be on the Olympics and competing in their with their international team and in their group to get out of the group stages and move on and upward through the Olympics. Uh, I think that's fair. I think that's a, I think that's a fair uh, assessment for sure. Uh, missing pieces as always sometimes in, in reporting, but I also think it's, it's fair to say that, you know, if it was, a, if it was a player decision, which, which we do not know if it was, you know, Hey, Allie Riley and, and Abby Ersick should be allowed to do what they want, quite frankly. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we're going to see them get into uh, some Olympic action very, very soon over in the Olympics, which again, so excited about this is, this was, this was the plug episode, like I said, so we're excited to chat NWSL news when it happens. We're excited to, to chat up our work, the content that we're producing for you guys over on the CBS sports side of things and um, future episodes that are coming up. So look out for the Olympic preview coming up uh, with, with Lori Lindsay. And we're also really, really excited to drop uh, an episode that we've had worked on a, a little while uh, and kind of are excited to unleash onto the world. Uh, we had a, a special segment with, uh, with Rose Lavelle ahead of the Olympics and we chatted about all kinds of great stuff. So, so look out for that on the horizon as well. The, the Olympics are here, Lisa, as far as I, I'm concerned, the, the opening ceremonies haven't kicked off yet, but in terms of the mindset, we're there. We're mentally. Oh, we, we are here. We are here. I'm excited for it. I, I hope the U S goes far. I'm cheering for them. Come on U S women's national team, but they're in a really tough group. It's, it's not going to be an easy road ahead for them. Nah, we, we, uh, we have arrived in the, the, the <laughs> Olympics. We here at attacking third, we have arrived and we are excited about it. So everybody please stay tuned and, uh, keep a lookout for all the, uh, awesome episodes that are coming up next. Uh, thank you so much everyone for listening. A uh, quick reminder to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're also available as video. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash Attacking Third. We'll be back on Friday with another episode for Sandra Reda and Lisa Roman. This was Attacking Third. Attacking Third.